Welcome to this episode of our Loris College Athletics Hall of Fame Celebration Podcast, a new series honoring the class of 2020 in lieu of the in-person celebration scheduled for homecoming this year. I'm Emily Adelfinger, Director of Athletic Communications at Loris and your host for today's episode. I am here with Rob Murray, a 2001 graduate of Loris and a decorated wrestler for the Dewhawks, who is one of five individuals honored in the Loris College Athletics Hall of Fame class of 2020. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. And again, congratulations on your induction to the Athletics Hall of Fame. What an accomplishment. Thanks, Emily. I'm happy to be here. Um, 2020 has been quite the year so far for everybody. And one you know, good piece of news I got was being inducted into the Hall of Fame earlier this year. And so I was you know, really looking forward to being back on campus just in a couple weeks from now uh, for homecoming to see some old friends. Um, and, you know, everything that happened with the pandemic and, you know, homecoming being, you know, virtual now. Um, I was happy to see that you were doing this podcast. And I know you offered to do it virtually, but every time I get a chance to come back on campus, uh, I try to do that. So I want to know if I could come, come out and do it in person um, and following all the social distancing guidelines and things. But, um, yeah, thanks for ha- having me. Um, it's an honor to... Um, be a part of the Loris Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, I'm a huge Loris supporter and cheerleader, and um, this was a great, you know, accolade to get, you know, at this point in my life, um, and allowed me to think back and reminisce about my time at Loris and as a wrestler, and just reminiscing about the sport of wrestling and all the people that, you know, helped get me through and helped me accomplish the things that I did in the sport. So, um, yeah, it's been great, and thanks for doing this Of again. course, yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about, and uh, first thing I want to talk about is you mentioned that you are a Duhawk through and through. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your involvement after graduation with Loris. Now you've mentioned to me that you're on the alumni board and, you know, with the engineering department as well. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, Loris has a small engineering department. Well, I guess it's getting bigger now. I think now they have more kids in the engineering program than they've ever had. But when I graduated from Loris, there was uh, three other great, you know, engineers that graduated my class. Um, and, you know, I went on to, uh, I went in the Navy after I graduated from Loris. Um, I went into their nuclear power program. And when you go into that, you go to uh, a very rigorous school for six months called the nuclear power school and you know we like to joke in the navy that it was called it was mental buds you know buds being the seal training but this was like the brain (laughs) side of seal training um but you know i was there with you know guys that graduated from naval academy and big 10 engineering programs and ivy league engineering programs and you know, I was able, I felt prepared for that school, you know, with uh, everything that I learned at Loris, and they gave me the tools I needed to succeed there. Um, I wasn't the top of my class, but I never was, um, but I was I was able to um, hold my own in, in that, and, and so I was proud of the education I got. So um, when I ended up getting out of the Navy in uh, 2008, 
and I was back in the area, I, I knew that they were, um, or I somehow got invited to be on the engineering advisory board that they were starting. And um, I was happy to be a part of that engineering advisory board. Actually, um, the faculty at Loris uh, went through and did everything that they needed to do to make it an ABET um, accredited engineering program. Um, you know, we were, you know, the engineering advisory board was a small part of that, um, just bouncing ideas and, and talking with the professors. They did all the work to get that done. But that was huge for the school and, and for the program, give those uh, graduates, uh, you know, open more doors and opportunities for them as they, they go out in the, the world. Um, but, uh, and then I was extended an invite to be on the National Alumni Board. So um, I've been part of that for, I think, two or three years. And um, and then I stepped away from the Engineering Advisory Board. But yeah, I love coming back on campus. I love um, talking about Loris. Um, I love seeing Dewhawks out in the world. Um, and I was telling you earlier that, you know, even just last week, I saw a guy with a Loris shirt <laughs> driving, riding his bike or running down the street. And I just, you know, yelled out the window, go Dewhawks. And he gave me the fist bump. Oh, that's fist, awesome. You know, the, so yeah, and, you know, and I'm all, all of my, a lot of my best friends are, are Dewhawks, you know, so I'm not sure you realize it at the time because, you know, you go to high school with people for four years, but all the, my friends from high school or except for maybe one I can think of right now, but they, all my friends that I still talk to and consider my best friends are all Dewhawks. Um, now a few of those did go to, ended up, did go to my high school as it turned out, but, um, yeah, you meet your, I met my wife at Loris. That's awesome. Yeah, oh she's a uh, Jody, um, glass was her maiden name. Um, and yeah, we have two kids, Tyler and James. They're uh, 12. Tyler's 12 and James is going to be 10 next month. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so you have that. I have, yeah, that tie to Loris and um, just love being around Dewhawks. I love the culture around here um, where everybody says hello. Right. <laughs> right. When you when you walk by them. Exactly. And yeah. it's just something about being here when you meet other other Dewhawks. You have uh, some type of connection that that you know what they went through you know kind of a little bit about what their values are absolutely and i'm sure you didn't know what loris would give you when you first made your college decision i mean no one really knows what's going to come at the end of your college decision and for you it came out with an amazing athletic career um you know you met your wife um and you know brought you on to additional opportunities afterwards so thinking all the way back to before you even got to loris what made you want to first get into wrestling because that was one of the reasons why you chose Loris and then what was that recruiting process like in you know finally finding your home here yeah so going back I started wrestling when I was five years old um you know I had some neighborhood friends that would kind of you know push me around and stuff and you know I wasn't very aggressive with them and my dad was, I think, tired of me coming running, crying home. And, <laughs> and he never wrestled, which is um, a lot of times kids that get involved in wrestling, it's their parents wrestle, you know. But um, he, he signed me up to wrestle. With, and this was, you know, like I said, I was five years old. So this was in, like, 1984. Um, and, you know, wrestling wasn't huge. But Orland Park had the, the pioneers. And uh, Joe Thole was my head coach. Um, and he coached me until I was all the way through eighth grade and in the, in the high school. So that's where I got, 
you know, my foundation of wrestling. I don't, I feel like I don't, I don't remember a lot of like wrestling between, you know, kindergarten and fifth grade. I kind of, I remember being at practices and doing some of those things. Um, but I don't remember really winning a tournament or winning a match until probably like, you know, fifth grade and started getting more serious and into junior high. Um, but, and then, you know, went into high school, had a, um, you know, a solid career in high school. Um, but I knew, I knew that I wanted to wrestle. I did well in school. You know, I, I was good in math and science. So people said, well, you should be an engineer. You should go major in engineering. And I didn't really know what engineers did, but, um, my, my goal was to wrestle and major in engineering. So, um, and then just fortuitously, somehow, uh, Randy Stewart started recruiting me, you know, and, um, so he kind of put the name Loris in front of me. And when I told him I wanted to major in engineering and wrestle, he's like, well, we got both. So, um, the thing that sealed the deal for me was when he came and sat down in my kitchen with my mom and dad and I one night, um, and he just expressed interest in me and he wanted me the most. So, um, I made my decision, I think that night and, uh, you know, it's the rest is history, but, um, you know, that was, a uh, obviously hugely, um, influential decision in my life. I mean, it's, it's shaped everything from there on out, you know, you make certain decisions in life that, you know, have, you know, if you look on a map of your life, it's like, these are the big cities where all the streets come out of. And that was a big part of, you know, where my life was going to end up. So, um, yeah. And, you know, it was a great decision for me. Um, like you said, I, I mean, I met my wife here, um, and met my best friends. So, that's been great. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that people talk about a lot about Loris is that connection that happens afterwards. Talk to me a little about um, a connection you might have with someone named Joe Schaefer. Uh, you know, he was also our first episode of this podcast, so he's also a Hall of Fame inductee. But um, how do you know Joe? So Joe was one of the um, few professors in the engineering department when I started at Loris. Um, and... I was um, not ready for the rigors of an engineering program when I first got here. Um, and it's funny, I told a story while I was on campus a, a while ago that um, I had a fundamentals of engineering class with uh, Christoph Himka, who's a aerospace doctorate of aerospace engineering. And the very first question on my very first test was, draw a nuclear submarine and list all of the um, engineering disciplines that went into designing it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm just like, where do you even start? It's like, what? <laughs> and so it was one of those kind of tests. And I, I, I don't know what I got on it, but I don't think I did very well. <laughs> um, and all the other courses, I mean, it was like a crazy course load. It was, I was taking 18 credits of almost all science classes. And I loved like the, you know, the, ones that I had my liberal arts classes, I was like, these are awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a break from the heavy science. But uh, Dr. Schaefer, um, and, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly which course he taught me um, that year, but um, I just remember him being a part of the 
faculty. And then years later, um, well, he left while I was at Loris and he went to, I think the university of Iowa, but, and I think, and then eventually Iowa state or I don't remember exactly which schools, but one of those, um, anyway, I, I wrote an email to somebody about my, um, experience at Loris and how I was proud of the education that I got and how it, you know, prepared me for the Navy's nuclear power program. And, um, it, that email ended up, I think, getting forwarded on to him. And because I, um, I was, like I said, proud of that education. And, um, I think it's important for, you know, some prospective students to understand that you don't have to go to the big engineering programs that, you know, I was able to have in, in probably in all the majors at Loris, you're able to have uh, one-on-one time with those professors. The professors teach the classes, you go to their office, they answer the questions for you. Um, and so they help you out a lot. Um, and so we, we kind of reconnected several years later while I think I may have been part of the engineering advisory board at the time, but we just shared some emails back and forth. So, and it was great to uh, reconnect with him and just talk about our time at, at Loris. That's awesome. Yeah, you always love when you can reconnect with someone who, um, you know, had that impact in your life. Yeah, as and it's well. crazy. It's crazy to see that he's part of the same, you know, Hall of Fame in- induction class. So right. That's great. No, absolutely. Um, so you're also a highly successful wrestler. I mean, that's why I brought you here today. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your wrestling career. You know, for those of you who may not know, uh, Rob is a three-time All-American at both 165 and 175 or 74 pounds, excuse me, weight class, and had an overall record of 85 and 37 in his four years. Um, his last three years were definitely impressive. I mean, the first year, we always got to talk about the first year. That's, that's one to remember. Um, it's kind of how you got your start. Talk to me a little bit about that. No matter what sport you play, I think when you go from you know the junior high to high school and then into college, that jump from high school to college is a big jump, and um, it was a big jump for me. Obviously, I, I think I was 500 or maybe a little under 500. I think the record they have for me says 10 and 12, but I might argue two more wins in there. <laughs> but, but anyways. Um, It's when you look at it and I, I got, I became a man, you know, when I was a freshman, just from all the, um, you know, you get beat on in the wrestling room, um, because you're not ready for that sometimes, you know, I, I tell people that honestly, I didn't shave until I was a sophomore at Loris. Um, you know, now I got a full beard, of course. (laughs) Um, but I think what that tells me is that um, you know, I was wrestling 158 pound men that were fully developed and I was still growing at the time. Um, but, and also still honing my craft as a wrestler and learning how to translate the skill set that I had into a college skill set. Um, because like I said, there's levels to everything and that was a big jump for me. Um, but it was important. And I think, um, you know, I was able to wrestle varsity, um, and at the conference tournament at 158 pounds, um, I either went 0 and 2 or I won one or two matches. I don't I don't remember a lot of my matches. Um, some of my friends are like encyclopedias, <laughs> and they remember scores of my matches. I'm like I, I don't I don't understand it. But anyways, and we didn't have you know the social media and everything that they keep 
you know, perfect records and whatnot. <laughs> like I think I have my all my matches on VHS tape. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, right, that's how old I am. So, um, but 2020 has allowed me to reminisce on my career. And one thing that I remember, I think our, I want to say our conference meet my freshman year was at uh, Warburg. And I remember sitting against the bleachers or the wall, you know, feeling sorry for myself because my season was over. And Coach Stewart was just, you know, chewing me out. And, and I'm thinking, you know, shouldn't he be, you know, consoling me and telling me it's going to be okay because, you know, I'm a freshman. This is my first time. And that, you know, there's all you got three more years. And no, he expected more from me and I let myself down and he let me hear that so um but that's important I use things like that today with my kids um I tell them that you know the reason that I have high standards and high expectations for you is because I care and I want you to be successful and I want you to believe in yourself and I'm telling you that I believe in you. You know, I tell my own, I coach now, I coach wrestler, wrestling and baseball. Um, and belief is a huge thing I try to instill in my athletes. Um, and, but coach had high expectations for us. And that was important um, to come in the next year um, and keep training hard, even after that season was over, and keep trying to build muscle and become you know try and get the muscle that some of these guys at these upper weights had and um and then you know moving in to sophomore year what was a chain a changing point in my career um definitely you know the first time I all-american and was a point where I started to believe in myself as a wrestler and knew that um I could do better things in, in, in the sport and it definitely shows I mean then Starting your sophomore year, as you said, that's when you earned your first All-America honor. Um, you did it again as a junior and then again as a senior. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that first experience of going to the national championship as a sophomore um, and then winning that All-American match. Yeah, it. I can't help but it, going back to, um, you know, when I first won my challenge match, and so I had to challenge for the starting spot at 165 pounds. Um, they changed all the weight classes from my freshman year um, to my sophomore year. Um, but 165 was the weight, and there was a senior on the team, Steve Leak, um, who um, really he, he had my number all year in the room and during practices. But wrestling's a sport where you leave it up to the athletes and who's going to start. It's not necessarily not always up to the coach. I mean, the coach can make a decision, but um, wrestling for the most part, and that Randy Stewart's philosophy was you, you have to win the you have to win the weight. So I got the challenge for the weight. Um, Steve and I went one and one. So we each won one match because it's best two out of three matches. And in the third match, um, I, I ended up beating him, obviously, in the, the challenge match. But it came down to a coin flip in the overtime. And in the overtime, you... You know, I won the coin toss, and I picked down, and you have 30 seconds to get out. And if he holds you down, he wins. If you get out, you win. So I and I got out, but that's what you want. That's the you want to have that choice because 
one thing in wrestling is you got to be able to get out from the bottom. So, and you always believe you're going to get out. So you take down and you get out and get that point. Um, so a lot of people always wonder, they'll watch a wrestling match. They'll go, why did he go down on the mat? And let, you know, but you get a point for getting out. So that's why you go down. Um, but I remember feeling bad about winning that match and it might sound weird to people, but I was just thinking that Steve was a senior. He put in his time as a college wrestler and, you know, maybe he deserved, and he, in my mind, because of what happened in practice, most of the time was he was better than me, but I beat him that day. And, um, I tell myself now, like, I wish I had, you know, the mindset that I do now, but where it's just like, no, you earned it. You won the matches when it counted and that's how it works. Um, but there was an, I mean, Steve was a big part of me being able to become an all American, um, that year because of, um, you know, we trained together and he made me a better wrestler. Um, and I, I told you that I'm always impressed by wrestlers that come from programs that quote unquote, aren't very good or they're small programs. And they, these wrestlers that go on to become national champions from schools that aren't traditional powerhouses because, um, you're really in wrestling only as good as your competition, but there's some guys that can rise above that. I talked a little bit about you want a wrestling room where you're challenged every day. You don't want to be the best because you're not getting better if you're the best. And it's a metaphor for life, which I talked about, um, is, and I like telling people is that if you're, if you have friends that don't challenge you and don't push you to be the best that you can be, it's time to look for new friends, people who, uh, challenge your beliefs, challenge your political point of views, challenge your life philosophies, right? And challenge decisions that you're making. Um, it's important. It's important to have, you know, training partners, if you will. Right. And that, I think other sports do that too, but wrestling is, um, it's just unique because it's a individual sport, but you need those teammates to help push you and get you through. So none of the accomplishments that I've had in wrestling um, would have happened without my training partners and my teammates. Um, you know, S- Steve is the first one that comes to mind just because that memory of winning that challenge match is so um, burned in my brain. Um, and But then, you know, I had a training partner, Anthony Pasquese. He's still one of my best friends. Um, he used to beat me all the time all the time. Never be, he never became an All-American. He never even qualified for nationals. Um, I don't know how, like, how does that happen? How does somebody who's better than me, you know, never qualify? I mean, he was, he was in a weight class above me, but um, he's a great wrestler and a great friend of mine, but he's a big reason, a big reason why I was a three-time All-American. And um, Paul Cleary, he was, Paul was a two-time All-American. He went in the Hall of Fame last year. I was mm-hmm. happy to see Paul going to the Hall of Fame. He was a stud wrestler after I left. He was a little bit younger than me. So I, you know, I, I used to beat up on him a little bit when he, <laughs> but, but he was, li- he was younger. He was like the freshman. Like I was saying, I, when I came in as a freshman, the seniors would beat up on me. But and, um, other guys that I trained with all the time were Justin Post, Tony Murphy, and Tommy Andrews, who was, he was younger than me too. But th- those were like my daily training partners for, you know, three solid years. And, um, 
those were the guys that got me better at wrestling. And obviously, you know, you go out in competitions and you wrestle the, the tough wrestlers. And some of these guys in the Iowa Conference, we wrestle multiple times a, a year, seeing them at, you know, various tournaments and, and whatnot. And so obviously that, that gets you better. But um, it's the guys in the room that really get you better and your coaches. Um, I, you know, my sophomore year, I went in there, was not uh, seated in the tournament because I didn't really have a, a great record going into that uh, tournament. I think I was a couple matches over 500. I don't remember. Um, but I ended up uh, wrestled the third seated kid and I hit him with a headlock. And so I, I went up on him five to zero and I don't hit headlocks. I like on my feet, I was like a takedown. I was double legs was my kind of signature move. Um, and, um, but I had three guys from Loris that I remember one was assistant coach Mike Ernst uh, a wrestler and assistant coach uh, Brian Davis BD um, and Tony Murphy one of my training partners that they were they were awesome at headlocks and I became better at headlocks and defending headlocks because you wrestle against them but they would hit them from both sides right right handed headlocks left handed headlocks um, and I ended up hitting a left left-handed headlock against this guy and went up five nothing and then I was like okay nobody's beating me or he can't beat me now um and I hung on to win that match and then I beat a kid who I went back and forth with from upper Iowa in the semifinals and um once you make it to the finals and back then they took the they took the top two automatically to nationals and and then we had then they took uh I think like 36 total wrestlers, but the top two automatically. So, um, and they took five guys from my weight that year because there, it was just a um, heavily uh, loaded weight class. And then I had to beat uh, one of those guys um, who was a returning All-American. I had to beat him in the All-American round. Um, they call it the blood round in wrestling where you have 12 um, or whatever, however many guys, you know, uh, 12 guys that are battling for, for those six spots and um you if you win you become an all-american if you lose you're you're out and so i won that match um beat a kid from the iowa conference to get there and so i ended up taking eighth so top eight become all-americans um but that gave me a taste of uh i, I was so happy you know i i don't know what I was expecting, but I'm not sure I was expecting to be, I was happy to be a national qualifier at the time. Um, not again, not the right mindset to have, but, uh, made all American and then, but that helped, helped me tremendously the rest of my career with expectations and, um, being a leader the next year and having that confidence going into the wrestling room and going into matches against guys and, um, it was it was huge for me to to get that and um you know coach stewart was a big part of that and all of those training partners and everything just kind of you know it culminates and you think back on your career and you know it was yeah I had, a, I had a career i'm proud of but um what i'm most proud of is like all those guys that i trained with we're all still great friends we have you know we get together multiple times a year. We talk to each other continuously. I mean, there's literally a group of like 20 guys that we talk to each other constantly, That's especially in awesome. it's cool. Like we, um, we actually got 
became even tighter during the pandemic because, you know, nobody was doing anything. So we just got a uh, big, you know, conversation going and we've been talking to each other constantly. So um, it's been great. We've been, um, but yeah, it's Dewhawks and, you know, we, we actually um, were planning on going to the Nationals this year. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, this has been, this was, that was going to be the year for, for wrestling. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, um, what TJ and Kittleson and Rick Healy have done at, with the program, you know, and I know there's more coaches, but, um, you know, of course, uh, TJ and uh, Coach Kittleson are the, you know, they're the head and assistant head coach. And then I got to bring up Rick Healy because he's, I wrestled with him. Right. He, he's, my, <laughs> he's my boy. And, uh, <laughs> We have uh, great memories sitting in the sauna together. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> well, that sounds like a story. Right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but, well, and he's been part of the program for, you know, geez, 25-plus years, Rick Healy has. And he's seen, you know, there's good years, there's bad years, and he, there's really bad years. And now la- this year they took the step, the next step, and I talked about expectations and belief. When TJ came in here and when he took over the program from Randy Stewart, and, you know, Randy had a great opportunity to go um, coach down in Georgia, um, and he's had great success down there. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's won multiple state titles down there. Um, but then TJ took over here, and he had an expectation, and he had belief in – what he could do with the program and had a vision. Um, and he's put the puzzle pieces together. And, you know, um, I was excited this year. Guy Patron became the third three-time All-American last year, and he was going to be the fourth four-time All-American. And I think they did things right by making him an All-American this year. So he is a four-time All-American, um, so the first ever. And he's just a great guy too. Um, but. I just I love Loris. I stay connected with the the wrestling team, and so it's exciting, you know, to see everything that they're doing, and you know, they're winning and bringing multiple. I think they, you know, would they bring eight guys to nationals? How many did they bring to nationals last year? You know, just seeing that build, right, and just the I'll call it the swagger that they walked around with, and that they're gonna they're gonna knock Warburg off, and so I I had the date february 14th was valentine's day i had it circled not for valentine's day but it was loris warburg duel and it was in waverly and i was telling tj and kittleson i was like i'm thinking about coming up there i don't know and decided no i won't be able to live it down if i had a chance to go watch this duel meet and they finally knocked warburg off so i picked up ryan haggerty another all-american who I didn't get to wrestle with, but he was after me. But I've just become friends with him from being around the program. Picked him up in uh, Cedar Rapids, and we drove to Waverly together. So we got to witness the uh, takedown of Warburg at Warburg on, you know, Jim Miller's mat. <laughs> you know, TJ had that great, you know, just I was so proud of him, you know, because he's living in the shadow of his dad and the successes that his dad rightly – I mean, his dad, you know, amazing what he did at Warburg and the – accomplishments and accolades and um 
what TJ has been able to do at Loris, who's always been, you know, not, you know, Warburg's been the it's top been the program show. It's just always forever. been, yeah. In a lot of sports, mm-hmm. to be honest. And to get Loris to the point where we beat Warburg at Warburg, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. really, I mean, it's a storied program. And just think about what happened. The, the son of the, the man that built the Warburg program took down that program on one night in Waverly, and it was... It was pandemonium. I what should have been the sweetest night of the year with it being Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, just everybody getting to hold that conference championship trophy. It brings chills to you now thinking about it and just a smile that, you know, and I'm, I'm wearing my conference championship shirt right now. I get crap from some of the guys that were on the chat with that. It's like, is that the only shirt you have? I'm like, well, I'll wear it every chance that every time it gets cleaned I'm gonna put that thing on and show it off. But going to the national tournament, we were excited. We got guys coming in from all over the country, from California, Texas. Oh gosh. Driving in from Chicago. Let's do it. I get guy from Boston flying in. We're just gonna have a you know, rent a house. We had a house rented. We're gonna go watch some good wrestling and hopefully be a part you know, we all had the seats. You know, they bought a huge Mm-hmm. A section of seats so we all had you know as soon as they came out I was like yes we want this many tickets and we just were ready to go um, you know and things started happening with the um, you know you see it from you know it was a snowball effect really with the pandemic and you see it on the news I think the word of 2020 is unprecedented or, yeah. you know, whatever. We're all looking for a new word. We're tired of that one. <laughs> I know. Um, and it, you don't know what to say to those guys because it's something that's never happened. You know, you and I, every sport had this, but I look at wrestling as an individual sport and you train so hard and you, you have some expectations. You know, Guy Patron trying to become a four-time All-American. You got Shane Legal, who's... You know, he's trying to become an All-American as a freshman, too, right on the heels of Guy Patron. You know, all those guys, your heart goes out to them. You feel so bad. You don't know what to say. If I could tell them anything, I'll tell them all those guys that wrestled uh, this past year and, and even the guys that, you know, were the teammates and not necessarily the national qualifiers is that they were part of a team that made history, Loris Wrestling history. They made... Um, D3 history to take down Wartburg in that dual meet that they'll never forget that and um, they made friends for the rest of their lives and they'll remember that for the rest of their lives they'll obviously they're gonna remember what could have been at the national tournament and you hate saying that's life but I think part of life is uh, you have to you know I, I still look back and you you Try not to think of what could have been, but what lessons can you take from what happened? Right. And can you get better from it? Can you can you move past? And you know, are you gonna are you gonna sit here and think about what could have been? And or are you gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna learn some lessons from this, I'm gonna grow from it, and I'm gonna be a better person and I'm just gonna be stronger mentally. And really I know it's cliche, but the journey is the destination, right? You know, I don't remember all my matches. I don't remember the scores. I mean, I 
I know what places I took in the national tournament, but I don't remember necessarily all the guys I wrestled, except for a few. <laughs> but um, I remember the practices. I remember doing buddy carries up Loris Boulevard. I remember. Oh, that sounds terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember doing um, wheelbarrows up the steps to Graber. I remember, you know, we would go for long runs down Pennsylvania Avenue, which is up and down. And you remember those things because when you do hard things with people, you become closer with them. Um, so that's why I think, you know, having those hard practices and training with your friends, things like that is, you know, those are, that's what you remember and that's what you cherish. And, you know, yeah, you want, you want to have the chance to be a national champion. You'll be a national champion for the rest of your life. So it's terrible that they weren't able to do, get, get there and do that. But, um, you know, they got to think about hard work that paid off to get to the point where they were put into that position. And so in life, you have to put in, yeah, you got to be a hard worker to succeed in whatever you do. TJ's saying is do it anyway that he gets from his dad. was kind of the, that was his thing. And now we've changed it to DU, right? Yeah, I was going to say. For Duhawk, so do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what that is, that's a mentality of, you know, yeah, we know you don't want to get up early in the morning, and we know you don't want to work out twice a day, but doesn't matter if you want to or not you right. have to do it anyways yeah i mean champions get up and do it anyway yeah we know that you were up late studying last night but you got to train today mm -hmm. because think about everybody practices everybody goes to wrestling practice who's going to do more who's going to who's going to outwork right everybody works out who's going to outwork um before i came over here i went and talked to the coaches and um they have three very tall ropes hanging in graver they have rope climb Fridays mm -hmm. and they challenge each other who can you once you go in there and you start climbing the rope, get as many as you can before you leave. Some guys stay there for a few hours just climbing ropes as many times as they can, just challenging each other, you know, developing a culture of I mean, they're competing with each other. You know, that's great. That's awesome. I love right. that. And it's clear, it. it's, it's so clear to, like, when the way that you talk about the program, it's just, I mean, I'm motivated, like, I'm not a wrestler, but, like, I feel like I could go run through a brick wall <laughs> talking to you right now, but, um, you know, it's so clear what that culture has become, even back when you were wrestling, and what it's become today, and it clearly shows, I mean, when we look at your accomplishments, and even how your life has shaped after Loris as well, and um, definitely so much that you have to be proud of. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know... It, it honestly, wrestling humbles you, life humbles you. This gave me a chance to think about a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, Graber. Um, Graber was around when I was here, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a trophy case, right, when you walk in. And there was, I think, um, pictures of four national champions at that time that were there that you looked at every day. I think it was four, but it was Scott Steffel. He was there, um, and he was a coach my freshman year. Um, Ricky Caceres, he was a coach my freshman year, and I think he came back later. I think he left and came back. I don't remember. Sorry, Ricky, I don't remember every year that you were there, <laughs> but I just know you were there to kick my butt when you were. <laughs> Pete Maldonado, who I've never met yet, so I was looking forward, and you know he's in this um, Hall of Fame class. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting him someday. Uh, one, you know, just a storied... Um, career 
at Loris and a stud. I just have never met him, so I was, I'm, I'm hoping that I get to someday and get to talk to him about you know his time at Loris. And then uh, Sammy Fiorella, who I've gotten to know Sammy over the years. I love Sammy. Um, you know, comes back for some of the uh, alumni events, and I see him around. And he, so my my best friend who I came to Loris with is Scott Kenny. Uh, he's a chiropractor now in uh, New Lenox, Illinois, uh, where Providence Catholic is, where we went to high school. Um, so Scott and Mike Murphy both went to Providence Catholic with me, and they both came here um, and wrestled. Um, and Mike was one of the other uh, engineers I graduated with. But um, Scott, Kenny's dad, and Sammy Fiorello wrestled together in high school. So there was kind of a connection there. Um, and uh, so it's been great getting to know Sammy, but I say that because you walk in in a you know program that's been around as long as Loris. Um, they only had four national champions, so they those guys were like, you know, you see them and you're like, wow, they were at the top of the sport at their weight during those years. So that was awesome to see them. Um, and uh, you know, when I was a freshman, uh, one of the All Americans was Chris Spezial. And then he became a coach too for a, a few year, for a year or two, um, and then he came back because uh, he was like he went on to be an accountant and then came back uh, to help with the Loris wrestling program. But um, you see him become an All American, and you know so you look up to those guys and you look up, and you you're like wow, it's hard to put yourself in their shoes and you want to know what that feels like, um, and so now seeing these guys that they got coming in and just reloading this year and who knows what's going to happen with the season I hope I hope that they wrestle because um, I want to see what they can do um, you know another year in a row when expectations are even higher I talked about that before you when you had those expectations and I think the wrestlers do too the team does so they're excited um, and they got a great culture and a great thing going on here so like I said I love Loris wrestling so um, you know I don't like the spotlight of it for on me being you know whatever hall of famer because um like i said it's, it's due to a lot of people um but i love talking about it love talking about loris <laughs> you know kind of reliving some of those good memories that i have of it yeah and you should be honored i mean you joined some very prestigious company um so again congratulations on your achievement as a duhawk and thank you so much for you know sharing your story with me as well it's been an honor um i feel like i'm in the presence of greatness here as well so um thank you so much for that well, thank you for having me. Um, I think you you do a great job with the sports information at uh, Loris. You know, the social media has been top notch, and I think the alumni appreciate it because we get to see you know and follow you know all these sports and and what Loris is doing. And um, so, I think that's great for not only the alumni to see it, but uh, the quality of the product that you guys put out has been, um, you know, on par with a lot of D1 schools. And uh, so I appreciate that. And I think it helps with uh, recruiting as well. So thank you for what you do. Thanks for having the, um, these Hall of Fame podcasts. You know, uh, next year is going to be my 20-year reunion at Loris, which is crazy to say. Um, you know, I still feel like I'm, you know, in my 20s, but I'm not. <laughs> but um, so – the fact that we're not having the Hall of Fame ceremony this year, um, you know, it it stinks, but um, I'm looking forward 
to next year because it'll be even more of my classmates around and so get to get to see more people that I spend a lot of time here with and you know making memories so thanks again I really appreciate this of course well thank you and I also want to thank Trent Hanselman and Robert Waterbury in Institutional Marketing for their production work to help make this podcast series a reality for our inductees and to make us sound good. For all of your Duhawk athletic news, visit us online at duhawks.com or follow along on social media by searching Loris College Athletics on Facebook and at Loris Athletics on Twitter. We all look forward to the day that we can enjoy Duhawk sports in person and together. But for now, stay safe, take care, and go Duhawks. Go Duhawks. Yep.